I'm Emma. And I'm Helena, and we both work at the Emma's Trust. Just a little disclaimer, we're still recording this over Zoom because of coronavirus and social distancing, so apologies if it sounds a little bit iffy at any stage. Do bear with us. We'd like to welcome you to our podcast, Multiple Cirrhosis, Breaking It Down, where today we'll be talking about exercise and MS. In the past, people with multiple sclerosis were advised to avoid exertion. It was felt that since many people with MS experienced fatigue and found their symptoms worsened when they got hot, it was best to avoid activities that could be seen as tiring. Turns out, funny enough, that this wasn't good advice. Regular, moderate exercise is now known to be an important part of maintaining good health and well-being for people with MS. There is evidence that it can help with many symptoms and also with general quality of life. So today we have three guests on the show. Uh, first, we will talk to Claire, who is the head of information and engagement team here at the Emma's Trust, uh, about MS and exercise. And then we'll be chatting to Emily and Nick, who both have MS, about how they find exercising helps them and their sort of the journey that they've taken on get, finding exercising. So we're actually recording this podcast on National Fitness Day. So that's a day that people across the UK try to raise awareness about the importance of being physically active. We've also got the London Marathon coming up in just under two weeks time, which Helena is taking part in. (laughs) Yes, madness, I know. (laughs) When I started my own fitness journey like five years ago, I think it was. I was 38 anyway. Um, and, and I did a couch to 5K. I would never dreamt that I would be saying that I had run a marathon. And please, please, please don't turn off now just because I said that dreaded M word. <laughs> this podcast is not about running a marathon. It's about how exercise can help with managing MS. So as we've got quite a lot of interviews to get through, shall we jump, pun intended, straight into the first one? Today we wanted to chat about exercise and MS. We all know that exercise is meant to be good for us. We've heard it time and time again. But most of us also struggle a bit with it. You might have mobility issues or you might struggle with severe fatigue. And the thought of exercise may want you to just go back to bed again. I recently read Professor G's MS blog Um, And I quote, exercise has emerged as a safe, effective, low-cost, non-pharmaceutical intervention for managing disability experienced by people with MS. Despite the evidence, it is the most under-prescribed and underutilized disease-modifying therapy we have at our disposal. Exercise promotes improvements in aerobic capacity, muscular strength, balance, walking performance, and gait kinematics, which also reduces fatigue, depression, and anxiety. And that, I mean, that all sounds fantastic, doesn't it? But how do we actually put this into practice? So today uh, we have my colleague, Claire, from the MS Trust Info and Engagement Team, who I've brought in to answer some questions that we have about exercise in MS. Hi, Claire. Hi. Hi, Helena. Yeah, exercise does sound fantastic, doesn't it? It sounds like it's um, as good as a pill for treating MS symptoms. And it's certainly the case that there have been lots of different studies that have looked at the benefits of exercise for people with MS. Um, they can be a little bit difficult to compare. Sometimes it's like apples and oranges, but they in general show that um, moderate exercise can improve your strength and your, mili- your mobility. It can improve bladder and bowel function. Uh, and obviously it does things like it helps you maintain a healthy weight, which then in turn reduces your chance of getting other conditions to do with cardiovascular health or diabetes or things like that. So 
and on top of that, of course, it then can reduce the impact of some of your MS symptoms. So things like pain and fatigue um, can be lessened by, by exercise. It does depend on what the causes are, though, of course. So, it's, I mean, it sounds great. Um, and I think if you think about it as one of the things that you should be doing for your, mm. mental, your, your mental and your physical health, and you can kind of get into that mindset, well, that's probably really useful. I think the difficulty people have is understanding what is enough or what mm. is you know, what how much exercise should they be doing uh, what kinds of exercises would suit them um, that can they can manage with their symptoms and around their lifestyle and all the other things going on in their lives and also um how how do you cope afterwards how do you get over yeah exercise? yeah you know, do you find it makes you more tired does it does it cause different kinds of pains or different yeah kinds of pains? so I think it's probably a very individual journey, wouldn't you say? I think I think so. I mean, the, the, there's a few questions we get quite a lot of the time. And a lot of those one has to do with, like, how do you deal with the fatigue that you get after exercise? Well, when it comes to fatigue after exercising, the first thing to do is to not worry about it too much. It is reasonable to feel a little bit tired after exercising. Mm. The, diff, the where, to, where you know if something's gone wrong, if you've done too much is in terms of how long it takes you to recover. Yeah. So if you're feeling better, if you're feeling a bit more energized and a bit rested after, you know, an hour or so of sitting down or, or resting after exercise, then that's probably fine. But if it takes you two days and you can't get out of bed, then you've yeah. probably done too much. Now, there's some things you can do to prepare before exercising that can really help. And those are things like staying really well hydrated and keeping cool. And listening to your body, you know, mm. not doing too much too soon. So if your body hurts after exercising, you know, give it a rest, keep it cool. Um, people like putting ice cubes in their water bottle, that kind of thing when they're exercising. And heat sensitivity is obviously an issue for a lot of people with MS. So think ahead about the exercising in a cool environment, having plenty of cool water or a fan or um, a spray to keep you cool. And having a cool bath or a shower before and after you exercise, that can help. For people that really struggle with fatigue, um, think about the kind of exercise you do. Maybe not focus, not starting with something like running or um, something cardiovascular. Think about maybe strength training, mm. um, lifting weights, lifting baby cans, whatever it takes. You know, strengthening your muscles and doing a bit of resistance exercise can really help with things like your posture, uh, and it can really help with your energy. Um, in, in daily life after that so it's not a good idea to push through fatigue or you'll end up feeling worse for possibly yeah. days and days and I think choosing an exercise that means it, it doesn't involve extra effort so cycling is, is great exercise but if it takes you a bit of trouble to stay upright if the balance is a real issue then maybe looking for a, a seated bicycle or or something where you are really well supported maybe mm. in a swimming pool or something maybe that's going to be a better option for you so it's about preparing in advance and choosing the right kind of exercise so we, we spoke a little bit about uh, fatigue after exercise other people have said that they have so much pain after doing exercises like muscle pain um you spend more time recovering from an activity than doing it you're probably mm not got the balance right it may be that you should take some advice from a physiotherapist or an exercise specialist and who can maybe look at the exercise you're doing and see if it's making anything worse in mm. terms of your alignment or your posture 
and I think you tend to find that your recovery rate will improve as well. So if you do a little bit and you recover from that, then you can do a little bit more next time mm. and and improve your your kind of resilience and your response to exercise. How do people get started? Say that you have you listen to this and you kind of feel like, okay, well, I want to do something. What what how how should you start? I think everyone's MS is different and you know best what you can do and how and how your MS affects you. So think a little bit about that. Um, maybe enlist some help to you know if you're if you're unsure about what you can manage then talk to health professionals or, or um, sport professionals about that maybe you've got somebody you can do it with you know have you got a friend that you can go for a walk with um, can you talk about your goals and the things that you want to achieve from exercise and make yourself a plan um and look around you for places that can support different kinds of exercise. I mean, if you have mobility issues, if you prefer to use a, um, a, a walking aid or a wheelchair, then there are wheelchair, wheelchair accessible sports from, you know, sailing to basketball. There's lots of things you can do. We'll have to have a little plug for our website, won't we? Because if you do head yeah, to our website, got... there are some stuff. <laughs> there really are. We've got lots on the website. Um, different ideas for different kinds of exercise that you might like to try we've got tips for getting started and helping yourself keep going we've got some lovely personal stories where people have said um they've talked very honestly about the difference that a little bit of exercise has made in their lives and the um supportive communities and friends that they found by doing those sort of things i think there's a lot about how exercise can get you out and get you meeting people as mm. well yeah. So, yeah, you'll really enjoy that, I hope, um, on the mstrust.org.uk website. We've got a whole section on exercise, and I hope you'll find something that, you, uh, that you'd like the look of. And uh, we should probably do a special little plug for there's a Pilates section there, because that's uh, actually won an award recently, didn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's an absolutely lovely resource. Um, a specialist neurophysiotherapist. Um, called Joe Pritchard worked with us to put together this fantastic accessible Pilates resource and it's demonstrated by members of her class um, many of whom have MS so you can see how to do these activities they're all seated so you can do them with very simple equipment in your own home and you can do it just a minute at a time on each exercise and just you know have a go um, even if you just do the warm-up you know, once a day, open up your lungs and sit up straight and do the activities and it sets you up for the day. What a great, I mean, it's a great, um, a great and accessible exercise, Pilates, I think. Uh, and if you like it, why don't you see if you can find a group near you that are doing it in person? That maybe after COVID times, you want to meet up and make new friends that way. Sometimes doing, some, doing a bit of exercise for good cause can get you out and about as well. So raising money by going for a litter pick or a um, park run or, um, you know, a, a sponsored, a sponsored um, Mars for MS kind mm. of thing. Fantastic. And obviously we would love it if we raise money for the MS Trust, but there's lots of great other charities out there and great, great courses. And um, I, I always find that knowing that other people are counting on me to get yeah. together. So next up, Helen is going to be talking to Emily, or the Wibbly Dinosaur, who will be chatting about how to change up your exercise routine when you have mobility issues. 
So today we're talking exercise and MS, and it's um, it's a tricky one because we all been told since we were tiny that exercise is good for us, uh, and that can be a very tiresome message to get as well. Um, but what I really wanted to focus about was more like how exercise can maybe help us uh, when we have MS. Um, so I wanted to talk to some other people with MS and find out how they feel about exercising, what's hard, what works, what doesn't work. Um, so with me today, I have a friend of the MS Trust, uh, Emily, the Weebly Dinosaur. Can we just start? I mean, we all know you by now, but can you just tell us a little quick recap on uh, who you are when you were diagnosed and uh, uh, your sort of main symptoms of MS? Yeah, sure. I was diagnosed uh, with MS in 2010. Um, I recently turned 28 and had had symptoms at that point for about nine months, uh, which covered pretty much most of the symptoms you can get. Actually, it was pretty bad by the time I was diagnosed. But the, the main thing for me, um, which remains to this day, was numb feet, um, heavy, leaden legs, and um, unsteadiness, uh, and kind of a, an inability to, to walk terribly far, or certainly for, to stand up for long. Um, and at the time I, I was very active. So um, when I was walking, which I did a lot, I didn't have a car at that point. Um, I, I would find that my, my legs would drag and uh, within a few minutes, my, my eyesight would get blurry. I guess that was the fatigue kitten kicking in. Um, and then that kind of went on to slurred speech as well. I had slurred speech and then incontinence um oh man <laughs> what else did I have uh, lots of things but the, the mobility is is the one thing that has really remained and I, I've never quite been able to to get on top of despite um trying so hard yeah. I still I exercise a lot but um that was the biggest impact the, the loss of mobility for me how before you started having any of the problems how, how was your relationship with with exercise did you used to do you said you do a lot of walking but if I, I had my first my first own bike that wasn't like shared with my sisters I got that when I was 10 and you couldn't part me from it I was on that bike every opportunity after school the weekends and um, I took it with me to university uh, when my friends were driving to the campus I would cycle to the campus when they were walking to the bus for, an, for a night out I would uh, when they were sorry when they were getting the bus for a night out I would walk to the night out is always this wanting to keep active and enjoying walking out I couldn't understand why anyone would not want to walk anywhere um and then while I was at uni I started going to the gym and became quite hooked on that I I was a, quite a gym bunny and worked out every day um right, right up until my my diagnosis I was at the gym pretty much every day that I could be um and I kept up my love of cycling. I did a, um, just a couple of years before I was diagnosed, or, or surely, and a year before I got my symptoms, I cycled um, across Egypt. Um, and that was for the Menin Meningitis Trust. So it was a charity cycle ride. And um, it was the greatest, the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, the, the buzz that I got from cycling, we were, we were going through the desert, just meeting all these wonderful people in the Egyptian villages just the most amazing journey I've ever done and when I came back from that I was like man I, I just want to I just want to spend my life on a bike and see the world so 
I started to to read up on a lot of people who had kind of cycled around the world or, or just cycled across America, cycled the length of Britain, all these, you know, you can do so many different things on the bike. And I thought, well, um, I might start with London to Paris. Um, just a short one because I was at the time working and this was in 2010, the year I was diagnosed. I, I had the form ready to fill in, but then my mobility started going bad and I thought, oh, okay, I'll leave that form aside because I, I don't know that I could do it at the moment. I'll wait until my legs are better. Um, and unfortunately, that moment never came and I, I, I can no longer ride a bike. Um, so London to Paris, <laughs> that might have to wait until I've um, worked out another way of, of doing it, maybe an uh, arm cycling a motorbike (laughs) some other kind of bike so obviously things changed when you were diagnosed um but did did you sort of still want to keep up the exercising because I know when I was diagnosed I was like really floored with fatigue so I was pretty much just stopped going to the gym and stopped doing everything and just kind of I napped instead of exercising which is maybe not the best approach but that was what I did I I went the other way um the week after I was diagnosed I I had to cancel my gym membership because the gym I went to was a half hour walk to my house um and like I said I didn't have a car I couldn't I could no longer do that walk certainly couldn't do the walk exercise and then walk back um so I had no way of getting to the gym even if I wanted to do it like a a small workout um so I remember going into the gym to, to tell them I was leaving and I just broke down and the, the poor um, reception lady, she came over and gave me a big hug and I was like, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to leave the gym. <laughs> it was just so heartbreaking. Um, so what I did instead, I invested in a, a home workout, a DVD program that uses a kettlebell. That became my main source of exercise until I had my first child in 2013. So almost three years it was of, of doing the kettlebell at home and I got got in yeah I got so good at it I was really confident with it I probably was the, the fittest to look at that I'd ever been actually because it really toned me up um because it wasn't so much cardio it was a lot of yeah. using your muscles and, and weights which I hadn't really done before before I was more into running and cycling mm-hmm. but this used my arms a lot more um and my core muscles which was really good for my balance mm. um, and then when I became pregnant, it wasn't advised that I continue it. And after I had my son, I found it really hard to get back into it. I think um, everything that my body had been through, I, I was kind of like starting at square one again. And I'd never, I'd never been in a position where I had to start exercising afresh. Okay. So I think on top of having MS, I was probably just really unfit, I think. And I, I found it really hard. And I thought, well, I'm going to have another baby next year, which I, I did. I did end up doing pretty much. Um, so I thought I'll, I'll leave the exercise until I've had that baby. Um, and then I had that baby, tried again with the exercise, got on a bike for the first time in five years, I think. Um, and I managed a little bit of cycling and I, and I thought, okay, I, I, this is good. I'm going to buy a new bike. So I bought a new bike and that was in 2015. And um, I've never ridden that bike. <laughs> because um I couldn't despite feeling like I, I could cycle mm. with kids and stuff I couldn't do it and then um the worst happened my my leg my legs became worse and um I relapsed pretty badly and I, I can't I can't ride it so I've got it mm. I've got this brand bike it's a bit dusty but it's sitting in my garage yeah. you know unused very much wanted but very much unused 
Um, so after my third child, I was feeling really unfit. And I thought, do you know what? This is ridiculous. Exercise makes me feel better. Um, I'm going to join the gym again. I, I, I um, got a personal trainer on board and he wrote up a program for me, a food plan and a workout plan. And he sat down with me, went through it. He, um, he had ME himself. So he kind of understood a bit about fatigue and stuff. But he was a bit shocked when he asked me to do 20 minutes on the cycling machine. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'll give it a go, but this isn't going to go well. <laughs> and after one minute, he said, okay, all right, stop. <laughs> um, well, maybe we need to build up to that one. And so he, he completely changed the workout plan. And he realized that my legs were as bad as, as I said they were. I don't think he believed me um, until he saw it. Um, and then, yeah, we got, we got this perfect fitness plan and I, I became super fit really pumped I was feeling so much better about myself because I was eating healthy uh, the exercise was staving off the fatigue I just it was just so good um, and I kept that up and then um, Covid happened mm. <laughs> and sorry I'm talking you right through the last nine years but um, this is where I am now I'm kind of yeah. post lockdown um, starting from scratch again <laughs> it's hard work yeah I think a lot of people have felt that with them um with covid because um you know some people started their workout journey during covid because they were you know just sat at home and they kind of oh well maybe there's exercises videos and there's people doing exercise on 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 bbc every morning you know and they started things like that but uh, but a lot of people who were relying on getting out or being at other places so you know seeing personal trainers has just sort of not not happened but so you would you recommend uh, getting a personal trainer then because I guess it's a tricky one if they don't fully understand MS and how it works um, I guess you've got to get the right one so hmm. with with my personal trainer I I knew I knew his mum personally um and knew him through her so I knew he would understand because of the ME he'd had hmm. that he he already had health issues that he'd had to overcome himself um I think it would have been harder with someone who didn't have any kind of experience with that or any knowledge of it. So I think if you are going to find a personal trainer, you want to find one who's kind of um, experienced in in training people who have got disabilities, if, mm. if you are disabled, um, or if you just find it tiring, um, someone who understands that. Because yeah. otherwise they will push you and they will say, you know, you've got to get through the pain and the more pain, the more gain. With MS, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> the more pain, the more pain. to come. So you, you can't overdo it. And I think a lot of personal trainers really push you. Just do another 30 mm. seconds. Do another, do five more. Come on, five. But, and you're just like, this. no, I can't do it. Your body's screaming at you. And you're, you're not going to, Yeah. it's, it's not going to last if you, if you have that attitude, unfortunately, because that's the attitude that I, I have. <laughs> yeah. Just, just prior to, to getting that personal trainer back in mm. my early MS days, um, I was recommended a, a, a train a personal trainer who specialised in, in disabilities, and um, I that wasn't good for me actually because um, kind of went to the other extreme where you are um, doing sit down exercises mm. or you know see if you can raise your arms up and hold them there. It was very um, it's very basic stuff that yeah. you probably need to do if you need to build up your strength from scratch. But mm. I was I wasn't in that position at that point and. Um, yeah. For me, I wanted to have a go at doing some proper weights, but he was kind of doing everything so delicately with mm. me 
that I wasn't getting anywhere. It just wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting any endorphins, anything from the exercise. Yeah. I was just feeling frustrated, think I can do more than this. But um, I think he was trained to, to take it very easy. And he's like, we don't yeah. hurt you. Tell me if it hurts. And it's like, well, it always hurts. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because you you, you, yeah. you want a little bit of extra push because that's how, you know, that's when you know it's working, but you don't want to be pushed all over all over the edge. <laughs> yes, so you need to get someone who understands it and will push you but won't push you, I think is the answer. So what, what, what sort of exercises do you like doing? What do you think sort of works for you at the moment? Um, well, for me at the moment, um, I am more and more reliant on a wheelchair. So for me, I really want to, um, there's a couple of things. I really want to build up my my strength in my arms mm. because it's quite exhausting um, propelling a wheelchair. Working a lot on different muscles in my in my upper arms, and that involves kind of, um, oh, I don't know what they're called, chest, chest press and things like that, um, arm presses. Um, but also I need to keep my legs moving because I'm not walking um, I'm not walking for because I can't walk very well. I can't walk far at all. Um, my legs are going to just lose it. So I need to keep the muscles in them working. Otherwise, I don't know where I'll be. So I think it's really important um, to keep everything moving as much yeah. as you can. And that's why I, I go to the gym and I, I work on my arms first because I know that that's the kind of thing that I'm not really affected by MS-wise. I've, I mean, I've got kind of tingly hands and numb fingers, but it doesn't prevent me doing arm exercises and working my arm muscles. So I do a really good workout on those that feels quite satisfying. And then I feel like I've done something and then I work on my legs um, and just do a small amount of um, leg presses, a little bit of rowing, which works um, your legs more than you'd think. That's quite a hard workout. Um, I can't do a treadmill. That's completely out of the question. Yeah. I will just trip over my feet and kill myself, I think, um, or nearly did the last time I tried. Um, and a cross trainer, I've started using a cross trainer, which is quite fun because you feel mm. like you're kind of skipping or jumping. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy that. But again, I can't do too much at the moment. I've reached five minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult for me to get off it once yeah. I've done five minutes because my legs have gone a bit um, weird under me and I can't support myself when I stand up. So I have to kind of hold on desperately to the machine and kind of lower myself onto the floor mm. <laughs> just to get back up again so yeah yeah I probably do push myself too far but I just think it's really important to keep keep those legs moving in a safe environment where I'm not going to trip over yeah and fall outside you know yeah on static equipment it's all right how do you feel sort of after after you do it done the exercise because I think for me when I first started um what put me off doing it was the fatigue or sort of muscle muscle tiredness and 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 um now when I do exercise I actually have the opposite I feel like I am a bit almost high with endorphins and things so I I, I get more energy so I, I might crush and burn in a few hours but I have, have a like a, a little solid two hour three hour window where I'm actually more the most energetic I am during the day after exercise but I know some people really struggle because they just kind of feel like well that killed me and now I'm going to bed Um, I can't relate to that really I think um exercising I, I've never I've never regretted a workout mm -hmm. so I can't relate to people not wanting to do it I think is yeah. what I'm trying to say um so you know e um even without having MS I wanted to exercise and mm -hmm. with MS I want to exercise whereas 
that's that kind of puts me in the minority from what I can gather I don't really have many or any friends who go to the gym mm. it's just not people just know and have no interest um one of the common things people have said to me over the years and particularly when I was new to it um was you know why would you want to exercise anyway or you know oh, I couldn't you know why would you want to be able to run it's just like you know it's um it used to really hurt because I just said that time was you know why have I got MS and had my mobility taken away from me when people who don't want to walk and run are fine um it's not a very healthy place to, to be <laughs> oh but it's understandable and I, I don't think like that anymore but I, I think except, yeah I accept that that is definitely how I felt mm. at the start and um I understand why I think but then I I wouldn't wish it on anyone so it's a, it's a weird thing um but it was frustrating to me to me that people who could walk didn't walk people who could go to the gym didn't go to the gym mm. and there was me just so desperate to work out and I couldn't um but going back to to what it how it makes me feel I mean it, yeah I feel really really um pleased happy excited full of life um mm. I may not feel it physically, but mentally it's there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think I would never, I would never wish I, I hadn't bothered going for a workout. I just think it's the best feeling ever when, when it's successful. What kind of tips do you have, would you give to someone who's, who's like thinking, well, maybe somebody who used to exercise and stopped or somebody who is completely new to it. How, how do you approach it? Um, without feeling that kind of doom and gloom and dread about <laughs> well you definitely have to find something you enjoy so a lot of people say they find the gym boring which I don't um, so perhaps don't go to a gym if you find that boring but find something at home that you like um, if, you, if you're feeling self-conscious about it like a, a Zumba Z- is it Zumba mm. um, yoga see I, I find yoga boring but I gather a lot of people enjoy it and actually get a lot from that and it's quite low energy mm. um although I've tried some of the positions they're not easy <laughs> um, so you, you've got to find something that you're going to stick out otherwise you're just going to dread doing it all the time riding a bike but I don't know who, who doesn't like riding a bike <laughs> maybe there's someone else there who doesn't but if you if you can ride a bike then do that because you're out there in the open you can find a nice country walk or cycle path in the city and just go for it or cycle to work it's part of your of your life so you're not having to take out time especially to do it mm. it's actually a way of getting somewhere um but <clears throat> i think the key is to, to if you don't use it you lose it is is true yeah i can i can feel that happening a bit with my legs since using a wheelchair i really can so yeah don't don't start don't stop moving yeah. however small the movement is you just got to got to keep going otherwise you just end up stopping with exercise when you see people who are sort of in, we just had the paralympics haven't we and there's been quite a lot of co- coverage of some of the uh, ms athletes uh, and i saw one of them uh, kadina had been getting messages from people within the ms community saying that she was um she was a fake. She didn't have MS because um, she could do all these sort of things, um, which is a sort of it's because the community of that we're, as a community with a very varied abilities. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a difficult subject exercise, I think, and it's it's um, yes. 
it's not and, always. Um, I think I think a lot of the um, if you go online too much, it can be very toxic mm. to read things from the MS community because there's a lot of bitterness from people mm. who can't do something when they see someone who can. Um, but also on the flip side, someone who can do something can be quite boastful about it or maybe just put it out there in the wrong way and assume that because mm. they can do it, other people can. And then they have a way of making you feel lazy because you're not doing it. Not because you can't can't do it, just because you're not doing it, that you're that you're lazy. Um, so I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been hurt, I think, by reading some things online before about what people do and it's really hard because when you when you're putting yourself out there to talk about your life of MS um, as I'm doing here and on on my blog or something you can only tell your story and there's always there's always danger that that's going to upset someone mm. um, I'm not aware that I've ever upset anyone I certainly haven't had any negative comments which is quite a miracle um, but I certainly read a lot of negative comments on other mm. people's posts and um, you've just got to be so careful that you stress that this is this is my MS, this is what I can do, you know, and I know that not all people can do it. I mean, but with Kadena Cox, she's, she's amazing. Mm. And, you know, how wonderful that she, that she can do it, but she obviously works hard to do it. You know, that's, <laughs> that kind of success doesn't come easily. No. And um, it's easy just to think she's not struggling, but I bet she is. With exercising and, 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 physios and things like that have you had any sort of experience with them because I know some people get referred to do exercise uh, which obviously is another approach to, to doing it have you had any sort of experience with um with that? well the the personal trainer I told you about before that was a referral mm-hmm. the one who was being really careful with me so I, I kind of shy away from that now um physio I, I've had I've had probably about three different physiotherapists and none of them have been right. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm on a waiting list for it to see one now, um, another one. Um, what I found with the first one in particular, she made me stand on stand on one leg um, and then she asked me to close my eyes while I just fell down because mm. if I haven't got my eyes open, I can't keep my balance. I can barely keep my balance with my eyes open, but with them closed, I, yeah, I was gone. Um, and after the hour of her getting me to do all these exercises, I was so done in. Mm. I was in so much pain and I didn't feel any, any benefits from it. So um, I don't know if I've just had the wrong experiences or she didn't seem to know my MS well enough because she was doing so much with my legs, making me do all these standing up and stuff. And it's, that's the worst thing to make me do. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, stretching is important. She wasn't getting me to stretch. She was getting me to do all these balancing things and, um, oh man the pain I gather there are some who who specialize in in MS um but I'm yet to find one of those so I've seen ones who do more general just physio Mm. generally and um that hasn't worked for me yeah I've spoken um on the podcast to um um Jodie Barber who was in the uh, the other mobility podcast that we did after the one we did with you um and um yeah, she's a physio that specializes sort of in MS. And it, yeah, I think it is a big difference when you have someone like that to sort of help you with things. But but I think the main thing sort of to take away is that for, for people to want to do exercise, you, you would need to find something that sort of works for you and that is fun and doesn't 
and make you feel good, I guess. It doesn't have to be much more difficult than that. I think my, my idea of exercise is, is another person's idea of hell. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a sister who um, is really into fitness and she um, she's a bit like a bit like me in the way she wants to push herself, but um, she's able to push herself a bit more mm. and really, really working very hard at it. But our, our other sister um, kind of looks, as a, looks at us as if, you know, <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Why would you want to do this? Um, so she doesn't have any interest in going to the gym. Um, so we, and she's she's you know more normal for that. I think. <laughs> to be honest, I think me and my other sister are the abnormal ones. Um, but I think you, you mentioned um, like Zumba. We, we, I used to do that before um, lockdown, and that used to be good fun. I used to enjoy that. And they had um, all kind of classes that for different abilities as well, because I think they do something called Zumba Goldwood, where people um, do it sitting down, like either in a wheelchair or like on a chair. So, so there is certainly sort of things to do, but that are different. A lot of the time, if you do things like that, you don't even think about it being exercise. And I guess that could be helpful. Um, but then if you're like you, you probably want to focus really about that I am doing the exercise and, and this is this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I want to feel like I've done something. Yeah. And um, but but not damage. I want to feel like I've done something good. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like muscle ache, muscle ache when you've you've earned it through exercise. But if it's muscle ache that you've not earned and it's just your MS playing up, then that's yep. that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you on that one. How, how are you sort of activeness because you were saying about not going so much to the to the gym obviously during covid and stuff yeah. but um, has it sort of picked up now afterwards or yeah i've re i've uh, re-enlisted my personal trainer mm. um it's just quite it's quite mentally hard when you yeah. can't do what you used to do and i think um that it, it makes it harder to to go in when you know you're going to feel deflated that you can't do it anymore yeah um which may be at odds with some of the things I've said because I genuinely do feel really good for going to the gym but when mm. you know when, when you used to be able to sprint on a treadmill and go straight onto the cycling sprint on that then on yeah. the rower you know without any breaks just you know smash it and then you can't even walk on a treadmill you can't even do mm. one minute on a cycling machine and you, it's just um it's a little bit soul destroying yeah. um and it's something that I find very hard to accept um I think so. I, I get told my my therapist says, you know, just lower your expectations. It's like, well, I I can't. I don't. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a, a problem with that. I, and I mean, a lot of that has to do with like, I suppose you know the the the, the mind, how your your mind is working with things like that. My my personal trainer was saying because I was comparing my training that I've been doing this year to, to my previous year when I felt like I could do things better, I could run faster or whatnot. And she was saying that yeah. it's really not useful for your mind to be comparing yourself because you are just like putting yourself down, which is make you, you perform worse in the exercise anyway, or, or you know, <laughs> your running is going to get worse because you're constantly running there going, oh, I was faster yeah. last year, I could do this last year and last year I could, but, but you know, it's... It's hard, but it's it's so sort of hard. Is what it is. Yeah, it's really hard accepting that your life has changed. It, mm. if, if it's not mobility, whatever the MS is, has taken from you, mm. it's. Um, I'm now twelve years on. It's. Yeah, I haven't accepted it. I think. Yeah. 
So, I mean, as you were saying about therapists, I guess, I guess apart from sort of just exercises and things like that, actually <laughs> working out your, your, your brain and your mind and your mental health is, is uh, rather important too. And I mean, exercise can help a bit. But if, you, if your brain, if your mind isn't working, then absolutely nothing mm. will work. Nothing. So um, I think that your mental health has got to become, come before everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But on a sort of on a on a good day, you do find that exercise do help with that as well. Or yeah, you, you feel like you've accomplished something. And I think, especially if I go to the gym in the morning, then I feel for the rest of the day that whatever else I do, I've achieved something in the morning. And sometimes that will spare me on to achieve more throughout the day. I think, yeah, I'm on a roll. Um, but if I don't, if I have like a lie-in and don't go to the gym, I feel worse for it. Mm. There's no, no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the yeah. same. I have, you take rest days because I know that the body needs a rest day. But I also know that on the rest days, I will be much more tired, um, <laughs> <laughs> which feels strange. But because but, people yeah. often tell me like, oh, well, why do you do all this stuff? And it's a bit silly. And, and, I, and I kind of, well, for me, it's the only way I can keep on going because otherwise I might as well just go to bed at 12 o'clock. <laughs> and it's hard oh to God. explain, but that's sort of how my body works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I um, hope that uh, uh, you get to see the physio and uh, find one that's good and, and that you that they'll come up with some cool bikes so you can actually do that to ride London to, to Paris as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> now, if this was a commercial podcast, here is where there would be an advert. But as we're a charity, we don't do that. So instead, we'd like to take the opportunity to tell you all about our fantastic resources for people with MS. Um, so our website, which is msstress.org.uk, has tons of information and resources for people affected by multiple sclerosis, including lots about exercise and MS. So if you head to msstress.org.uk forward slash exercise, that's a great place to start. You can also find articles about how to get started, choosing the right type of exercise for you. And there are plenty of Pilates videos that um, Claire spoke to Helena about, as well as a workout with their one and only Mr. Motivator. Next, we're going to chat to Nick, who was diagnosed during lockdown and started to run soon afterwards. And um, so today we're here with uh, Nick, who has been a guest on the podcast before. But um, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, exercise and MS and more so about how exercise can make you feel. Um, but, but first, for people who didn't listen to the previous podcast, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I have relapse remitting MS. I'm 44 years old and I live in a town called Tunbridge Wells in Kent. I'm a senior editor for a collectibles company. We're best known for making football stickers and, and trading cards. Um, I love my music, I like DJ. Um, I have three children. I've got Harvey, Jude and, and uh, Joel. And I live with my partner, Katie. Um, I have um, a lot of hobbies and pastimes and one of them is running. Um, so I was diagnosed with MS at the beginning of their first lockdown last year, following my first clinical relapse where I had complete double vision and I had loss of sensation down my right-hand side of my body. Um, now that slowly corrected over the next few weeks, leaving me with double vision 
in my lateral gaze. Um, my main symptoms I have are optic neuritis. So my right eye is always a little bit like the contrast is turned up. Um, I have pins and needles in my hands, uh, my legs. I have uh, crawling sensations. So I've got a lot of crawling sensations down the right-hand side of my face. Um, muscle twitches, things like that. I have tiredness and fatigue, which is usually with a lot of uh, heat. Uh, muscle stiffness in the mornings. And I struggle a little bit with my cognitive function, word finding, bits and pieces like that towards the end of the day, especially a really busy day. Um, but I'd say most of my symptoms trigger with tiredness and, and stress, things like that. Um, so we're talking exercise before MS, uh, and you're relatively new to diagnosed. Um, how how was your? Were you still were you running before you were diagnosed? No, no. So I was running fairly regularly um, around about twenty between 2015 and 2017. I kind of found running, uh, and I completed a couple of half marathons and some 10k races, um, and it was quite a regular thing. It became part of my my daily routine. But then we had two young children. And, uh, and they kept me pretty busy during that time. So it's always a struggle to fit it in. Mm. Um, but during that time, I, I actually tripped over a drain cover and uh, broke my arm. And I mean, looking back on it now, that could have been MS showing yeah. itself because I never really understood why I tripped over. But I certainly did. Um, and then at that moment, I took a break from it. So the parenting took over. Um, life was very busy. And I'd say that my health there started to decline pretty much over that time. And... Um, and, and before my MS diagnosis, so after 2017, um, I wasn't running at that time. And uh, I was very rarely exercising other than walking and just the daily um, daily routines of parenting. I, I take it then that you started taking it up again during lockdown uh, exercising? Yeah, yeah I mean, um, my MS diagnosis changed absolutely everything for me. Um, I, was in a, I was in a pretty dark place. I mean, for those who've heard the last podcast, I kind of mentioned, you know, during that time, you know, we were all in inside with COVID and I was trying to understand what was going on. It took a while to get the final diagnosis from my neurologist. So I did a lot of scrolling, a lot of researching on the internet, which didn't really help at all. Mm. Um, and I, I realised then I needed to flip this into a positive thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you know, I recalled then back in 2015 to 2017, how exercise really made me feel so much better. You know, it gave me more focus. It gave me more energy. It gave me so much more drive and you know it's a really positive thing so there's very few things with exercise that's negative other than injury really and mm. um, so you know, that's that's where things started to change and I, and I realized that exercise could really help me um focus a little bit more and and, and drag me out of this uh, negative situation that i was in and and try and give me some more positive drive I started running again purely because I was inspired by uh, this this chap called Ramon Arroyo. Um, again, I mentioned him in the last podcast, but he he was a a, a guy. It was actually I watched a film called A Hundred Meters, and it's about his MS diagnosis and his subsequent relapses, and how he went on to to run an Ironman event, and it it completely inspired me and just changed my thinking. And it was that that gave me the drive to think, right, I can do this again. I didn't actually what I didn't realize really was. I didn't know at that time that when you're in that period of relapse, that it takes a, a quite a while to recover from that. And I was mm. still in that period of time. So it was really tough. I got, I got out the door and I started running the first couple of weeks. I ran like I did in 2015 and my body was not ready for that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so for a few days I was hobbling around, but you know, it, it kind of gave me the drive to get going and, mm. and it was, it was really important. I started to feel the benefit of those runs after time. 
and uh, and that came fairly quickly. You know, it's, it's a long, drawn out process. It, t- it took a while to regain the fitness, but yeah. slowly that came back over time, and and that became a really important thing for me. So you mentioned running. Is there any other sort of exercises that you do, and what what works and what doesn't work? Anything you try that you just can't get on with? Um, no, I say running was the main thing because with running, it's it's one of the simplest things to do. In the fact that you don't need any equipment other than I've got my Garmin watch, I've got my trainers. Mm. But it's just you know you put your sports gear on, whatever you feel comfortable in, and you can get out the door. And you can just go and do that simply. I don't need to book any time at the yeah. pool. I don't need to have a gym membership for that. Um, I don't need much equipment. I just need to head out the door and, and get the job done. And, and I think that's a, a really good thing about exercise like that. Is the yeah. fact simple. It's very yeah. simple and it's very rewarding. You don't need uh, those gym passes that cost you 60, 70 pounds a month. You don't mm-hmm. need, you know, the best bikes in the world. You can you can have a rackety old bike. It's fine. You can get out there and you can you can move as best you can. And that's yeah. really important. Yeah. And um, so obviously you're, you've been training for for the marathon and which I'm doing at the, at the same time. Yeah. And it's apart from that sort of freedom running of just going out whenever you feel like it, when you're training for a marathon, it gets a bit regimented, doesn't it? So you, you do have like some sort of plan, I assume, and, and you're getting out. How are you getting on with that? Because it's a little bit different from just going out as, as and when you please. Yeah, I mean, I was I was running regularly. Um, from last year so I did Mm. the 100k challenge and that got me got me going and then I Mm. I started to target the the London marathon but actually my running has become so important to me um this is important to me is taking my dnd every day Mm. because it gives me the benefits of like we said the focus uh the energy etc so I started to run fairly regularly I was starting to do 5ks a few times a week and then I upped that to 10ks um, and then that became the norm, the norm for me. Mm. And then I was adding the longer runs at the weekend for the marathon training. But like you say, it's very regimented. And it's very tough to do when you're, you've got a, a young family because, <laughs> you you know, you need to, you know, those long runs, you're out for about three, sometimes four hours yeah. at a time. Um, and if you want to get a good, you know, I, I go out to a, a lovely forest way, they call it, it's an old disused railway line near me. And it's lovely and flat, which is why I like it. Mm. But, you know, I have to drive to that um, park up. So I could be out for four or five hours, which is, is you know, a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, so I'll say that's the difference with marathon training in comparison to just a day-to-day exercise and just yeah. getting out there and, and having a quick run. Because, you know, if you can do that, um, you know, 30, 30, 30 minutes every few days isn't too much time out of your day. But marathon yeah, yeah. training, there's there's a lot more focus involved. Um but it is achievable. And I have to say, I never thought I'd get to the point where I was doing a marathon. I remember when I was doing the half marathons a few years ago, I never dreamt that I would be able to run, say, you know, 20 plus miles. I just thought mm-hmm. it was completely unachievable. But it is amazing what you can do if you focus on something. Things are truly achievable. And it is absolutely, I mean, you must find that as well. It's, it, you sometimes surprise yourself, don't you? Oh, yeah, Some yeah. things, it just... It astounds you, you know, even when you hit the small target, the smaller targets, running for 20 minutes, mm. running for 30 minutes. You know, when you when you reach those achievements, you are so proud of yourself and you should be because it takes time. And, it, it you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, and the, the feeling of that achievement is is brilliant. You know, it's, it's, it's great. 
I think um, it works really well to have uh, a routine set. So I know I keep to a plan. I find that that actually benefits my MS a lot because it makes me feel like, okay, well, I'm going out on these set times and I'm doing it. So there's no, no days where I'm kind of finding excuses not to do things because like I do something first thing in the morning even if it's just a walk I find that that helps me mm. uh, but I do find like it's, it's that fitting your life around running <laughs> rather than the other way around with the marathon training especially with yeah. the long runs that that, that yeah. could be quite tricky but what you were saying about like this the the small targets and things I think the because I started out as a not a runner at all um a few this was about uh, in 2016 um and um i did a couch to 5k and that first time i ran for 20 minutes i, I mean the delirious happiness of actually being mm. able to do something like that when i couldn't even you know i i would nearly die if i was trying to run for a bus before and then i feel you almost chase it sounds funny but you chase that high again because that that runner's high is like an yeah. amazing feeling when you get it um, oh, that's so true. I mean, I, I found that with, um, like I say, it's, there's, there's those achievements. Mm. And, you know, you, you shouldn't worry about the, the big things that, we, you know, we're currently working on at the moment. I, you know, like the, the first park run I did, that for mm. me was huge. You know, I'll never forget that. Um, my family came because um, it felt so special to me. Yeah. And that was such a good, you know, that's such a big achievement. And then that becomes a regular thing. And then you push yourself a little bit more. And that's what's so, so great about running or whatever you're doing is that it becomes a very personal challenge. You're not competing about any, against anyone else. It's it's purely about you competing against yourself. Maybe yeah. you want to do a quicker time. Maybe you just want to run a little bit further. It's getting into the mindset that you don't need to be great at something before you start, but you try it. Because I no. think a, a lot of people get that worried, but well, I'm not fast. Or I'm, I, you know, I've been running for whatever it is now, five years, and I'm still not fast. No, exactly. And that's <laughs> a, it doesn't matter, does it, at all. It's the fact that you're just doing something. And yeah. I find that a lot. And I used to be that person. I think my friends probably, because I was back <laughs> at school, I used to dread cross-country running. I hated running. I absolutely detested it, mm. you know. And I... My, I'm sure my younger self would be amazed that I'm doing this now, you know, and, and I have friends who I say, Oh, come, for, come for a run for me, run with me. And, and they'll say, you know, well, I, I don't, I don't think I can keep up. I said, it's not about that. Mm. It's just about getting out the door and getting the job done. It doesn't matter what speed you run, what distance you run or, or what you do. It's just the fact you're getting out the door and you're doing it and, and the sense of achievement when you get back home and uh, you know, you feel good and yeah. that's great. And that's really what it's about. It's, you know, it's, it's um it's a hard thing to put into words sometimes. Let's talk how how do you feel sort of MS wise when you exercise? We obviously we spoke a bit about how mentally you you feel better when you when you run, but because you mentioned things like optic neuritis, um, I find like running I get wear very focals and that can make my vision a bit funny when I'm running. How how is it with your eyes when you run? Um, well, it's I think it's usually the heat for me. Mm -hmm. to be honest especially the the training during the summer months i mean actually i mean <laughs> for us guys training for the marathon we've had a pretty bad summer haven't we it's mm. been okay yeah um, i think if if it was really um, i have been running in the heat before and it really is tough it, it feels like i'm and you prefer to feel like i'm running through treacle sometimes yeah. um it takes me a long time to get going mm. so if you look at my it can be very boring here the stats on my strava you see that I start off very slowly and then I speed up a little bit mm. as I start to loosen up. And that's, that's why it helps me because my muscle stiffness yeah. starts to settle into the run. And usually by about a mile or two, then I feel like my body's loosened up. I feel a lot better. 
Um, but the heat is certainly one that slows me down and I certainly feel the symptoms. So that's when I really start to feel the sensations of the pins and needles and mm. the crawling. Um, my optic neuritis, certainly I'll get a brighter light in my right eye. Um, the peripheral vision can be slightly dangerous. One to watch. I always, if I'm country lane running, I'll always wear a bright high-vis vest because I've been caught out a few times when I'm running, crossing a road, when I'm mm. looking properly. So I have to be more aware. That's yeah. one thing that I'm, I'm trying to focus on more because <laughs> there's been a few times where I've run out in front of a car. No. Yeah, really, yeah. So it's, you know, we have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they say it's a, a steep learning curve, and mm. uh, I learn very steeply there. But um, so it's things like that. I mean, and generally, it's it just um, I have to listen to my body. I think sometimes I overdo it. It's I I, I suffer more when I get back from a run and I've overdone mm. it, and I should be getting to bed earlier. I should rest more. I should take more rest days. Yeah. Um, so it's things like that, really. Um, but running, sometimes when I'm getting fatigued, my foot drops a little bit, mm. uh, I scuff, which is why when I spoke about, uh, about my arm break in 2015, yeah. I think that could have been a, a possible reason behind that. Yeah. Um, and I really noticed that. So on those longer runs, I have to focus on picking my feet up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a running coach um, a few months ago just to look at my balance and gait. Yeah. And uh, that was quite interesting. Um my balance wasn't too bad, but I think that's where the running's really helped. Mm. So obviously when you're running, you know, say you're doing 180 steps every every minute, isn't it? Um, obviously you're balancing every time you go on yeah. to each foot, aren't you? And uh, that helps. That really, that's really helps. My balance has got better from running. Um, but they're the main things that uh, manifest themselves um, during a run, I think. Yeah. But I'm, I'm aware of them. Um, I think the difficulties that I find sometimes now are understanding when um perhaps after a run i'm aching is that my my body aching because of the running or is that my body aching because of my ms yeah and and that's that's quite hard i mean at the moment i'm suffering from lower back pain mm. um, i think that's related to running but i'm not sure if that was a muscle spasm that i had during a run because of the ms right yeah yeah it, it's, it's it's very it's easy to blame ms on everything mm. uh, and then sometimes actually it is something completely like different which <laughs> we can be helped in a different way so, so it's, yeah. it's it's yeah it's 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 hard I, I find the same um i find a lot of people say that they struggle with exercise because it really burns them out um i guess you were like you were saying when you get hot you can get more symptoms and you get tingles and things like that and they feel uncomfortable and they have to stop and then they feel really tired afterwards did you find that when you first started? Because I find like I don't feel the sort of fatigue after I've done. I no. get tired from a run, but I don't feel the fatigue. I, I feel energized after a run. No, I, I feel, yeah. yeah. But I Absolutely. felt like maybe in the beginning when you first start yeah. out, it's almost I, like you need to get over that first hump. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. It's definitely that. So this time last year, it was definitely that. Uh, that that was I think that was my body getting used to it as well, mm. and I think it was more my body suffering from the running. Mm. Um, but now I feel so energized after a run. So that's where I feel my body feels looser. It feels more supple. Mm. Um, I feel totally energized. You know, you feel that runner's high. You feel the euphoria from that. Mm. You feel the sense of achievement. Um, I feel so much better. I mean, I always run after work. 
Um, mm. I'm not very good in the mornings. I mean, I, I basically I uncurl myself from bed in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> but after I work, I've you know towards the end of the day, if it's a really busy day, that's when I've got that really bad brain fog. Mm. I've got um, I struggle with my word finding. Um, everything's just very heavy. And then yeah. after that run, there's just clarity. Um, everything clears. My you know the the messiness in my head clears. I have time yeah. to think. I feel more supple and, and I just feel more energized and I feel great after a run. And that's, that's why it becomes addictive. Yeah. Um, and it's not just running. I'd say it's any exercise. If mm. you, if you have that feeling of, you know, euphoria, perhaps that, that really helps. And I think that really helps me manage my MS because I go into the evening feeling, feeling better from it. Mm. You were talking about feeling stiff and, and a bit sore afterwards. Do you find things like um, stretching or, I don't know, Pilates or yoga and things like that? Have you tried anything like that for? No, I think that's something that I would like to explore more. I mean, I, I need to stretch more. I certainly need to do that. Mm. I've experimented with um, cold showers. Um, mm. uh, I did use, I did try Pilates a while back. And goodness me, it's quite hard, isn't it? <laughs> it really does give you a full body workout. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. And when I did do it, it was brilliant. It was yeah. really good. And I think that's something that I'll revisit or perhaps yoga um, yeah. to help as well. I think I'm very, very much on a journey of discovery with these kind of things. And uh, I found the running. I think I need to support that with um, more strength. Uh, yeah. you do a lot of strength exercises don't you I've seen uh, yeah before. my coach she was very much for, for me to start doing sort of strength things and I find when I first started running when I was training for my first half marathon I got a lot of hip pains and I think that is because your um your glute muscles are not strong enough so you kind of you sag a bit and you end up putting the the balance thing in the hips instead of 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 the muscles that's supposed to be doing the work uh, and I found this year around when I've been doing the strength training actually it really does help. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I could really recommend doing it. If, for me, it felt really strange because I started doing both sort of strength and yoga. I used to ha hate the idea of yoga because I thought in order to do yoga, you need to be really super supple, you know, agile. And I, I feel like I'm as agile as a refrigerator when I start doing it. But then because some people are just tighter in the way they move and especially when you do run you tend to go even even tighter and I think with MS um, but actually just pushing as far as you can rather than thinking that you need to you know do a headstand or anything like that <laughs> actually so I, I was a convert I spent probably 10 years being really like nope nope that's not for me that's silly and now I'm like actually I really need to do the, the stretching so I think this year I've run less and concentrated more on the recovery which was a bit boring at first but now I'm actually quite getting into enjoying that part as well we spoke a little bit about like how how you keep going with the routine what do you think now after the marathon when obviously this the plan that you have is going to end how do you think I don't I mean I, I you love it so you probably will be keeping up with running but like what how do you think people who struggle with keeping up a routine what 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 approach have you got any advice for them yeah, I mean, like I said, I think for running for me is like taking my DMD every day. So it's mm. important to pill, it's taking the pill because um, it makes me feel better. And it's, it's probably the single driver for me to get out the door. So I think you just need to find that focus to get mm. yourself out there and doing it and think about what that is. It's so important to me. It's, it's hard to put into to words because it's, it's basically it's that sense of achievement, isn't it? Um, and like I said, it feels like you've cleared your head, you've done something to help your body. Will help you feel better. Um, 
I mean, it's hard to put into words. I mean, I have become a bit of a running bore, I have to be honest. <laughs> oh, oh, I understand. <laughs> That's why it's exciting when you meet someone like yourself. Yeah, it's like if we could just sit and talk about this for ages, which I know, might it's not be so interesting <laughs> for, the, for the people listening, but, but it's very interesting to me. <laughs> but it, it's funny because it, it's one of the most simplest things, but you can talk about it for so long, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and I think it's when you find that passion, it doesn't have to be running. Now, I mean, I was speaking to another ms recently, a lady called Lauren. She's called Loey Lolo on her Instagram, so you should check her out. Now, she, she takes daily ice baths and cold water immersion to help her manage her MS symptoms, and she's currently doing two swims every week for a year to raise money for a charity, and also just to really help her keep herself focused. Yeah. And now she left me a voice message just to explain what she was going, what she was doing, what her exercise meant to her, and you could, you could hear it in her voice how much that particular exercise meant to her and that was her ice immersion and the swimming yeah. it meant so much so so much and I think when I talk about running that's what it means to me so it's that thing that is the driver that gets you out the door and I think you have to find that whatever that is and whether it is the, the yoga because the feeling you feel afterwards the stretching yeah. etc it's so important because like I said for me it's as important as my medication I think if you've got that as your driver then you will achieve whatever you want to do. And if you find that, then I think that's fantastic. And that's all you really need to do. Just It's just thinking about how it can change things for you. And I, the change for me has been that it's made me stronger. It's made my muscles stronger. Um, it gives me fitness that I've never had before. I've never been this fit. You know, I lost a few pounds, which was good. Um, and it means that for me, for my children, I can be as mobile as I can right now. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can find those drivers, that that's what you need to get you into that routine. And once you get into that routine, we're creatures of habit. I think once you've fallen into that routine, you will naturally miss it when you're not doing it. And I certainly yeah. do. I, I kind of beat myself up if I'm not going for a run and I have to be reminded that I should rest yeah. <laughs> because I'm constantly seeking that endorphine hit for my run and that yeah. sense of achievement. So I think if you can find that and it doesn't matter what it is, it's, it's not the long runs it's it's just get if it's a walk every day fantastic mm. or or just moving in some way or mm. or you know a sport that you kind of enjoy I mean it could be tennis or in, anything anything mm. at all that just you enjoy and I think if you enjoy if you become when you become to enjoy something it isn't as tough you know I mean you spoke a moment ago when we first started running it was you know it was harder it was mm. hard to drag yourself out but as it becomes slightly easier the challenge isn't as challenging. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us. It was um, um, very insightful and um, keep on doing it. And I'll see you at the marathon. Hopefully. Yeah, see you at the marathon. Look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. So it was really interesting, obviously, to hear from Nick again after we heard from him in the um, Back to the School episode. But really nice to sort of hear some of his views that he touched upon a little bit in the last episode on um, running and his marathon and training and things like that. Yeah, I I found well talking talking to 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 both Emily and and uh, Nick like they're both people who really love exercising. Um, and I find with the running, me and Nick, we, we'd be probably nerded out after I stopped the, the recording as well, because it, it, it got completely boring for other people to listen to that because we were just chatting about running. Um, but I think that, that kind of is that when you find the love of something that you really enjoy, you do, you do want to tell other people about it, which can be a bit preachy 
I realize when I go on about running to other people. Um, so I, I think it's uh, it's really important to sort of point out that even though we're, we're talking about um, exercise as you would like take your DMD or like you take your medication, um, but in the same way as with medicine, there isn't like one size fit all. And when we talk about exercise and MS, I always feel like we have to tread really carefully so we don't alienate anyone. Um, Wibley, for example, spoke about how hurtful it can be when someone says that, oh, you know, this is exercise, like, like running, for example, is for everyone. Um, but likewise, like people like Hadina Cox have been getting abuse from, from the actual MS community about, you know, the fact that she didn't have MS apparently because she could do much more um, than, than they could, the, the person who sent the message. Um, I mean, you know, we're all very, very different and MS affects us very differently. So we can sort of only do our own, <laughs> our own journey. Uh, so listening to one person's fitness journey doesn't mean that you're expected to go on the same journey if you, you know, if you want to start out. Uh, you have to find your own way that works for you and uh, your circumstances. Um, I've also read some comments. Sorry, I'm going on now, but <laughs> I read some comments that people who've been asked by friends, like, why they can't run because I saw you know I saw these people on the Paralympics they were running or I've seen this person in the newspaper she's she's running the, the the London Marathon and why are you not doing it I mean that's not helpful at all because you wouldn't like go to somebody who, who doesn't have an MS and say well I saw Bolt he ran very fast why are you not running very fast I mean it just is kind of ridiculous isn't it so comparing yeah. <laughs> I would say comparing to others is like never helpful <laughs> in my experience no I think that's a really valid point sort of like Emily touched upon one exercise will work for you and it won't work for someone else personally I like Emily said I can't stand yoga I've tried it a few times but I just don't think my body's built that way whereas you know I'm happy riding a bike or mm -hmm. doing a little bit of running quite not uh, not quite a marathon necessarily but yeah um, but regardless, we sort of hope that we might have inspired some of you to take a look into starting up your own exercise plan, no matter what sort of physical activity that includes. And remember that if you've got any questions about MS or perhaps about MS and exercise, we're here for you. Our inquiry service is available Monday to Friday, except UK bank holidays, and that's from 9am to 5pm. Outside of these hours, you're welcome to leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And you can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. Get in touch and like they say, like and subscribe. And, and you know, if you're doing exercise, why not let us know what you're doing? Uh, what works for you? What didn't work? Um, any tips on how to get started? We'd love to hear from you. And if you're one of thousands of people running the London Marathon on the 3rd of October, whether that's in real life or virtually, um, good luck from all of us here at the MS Trust. Uh, and we'd also like to say a big thank you to Anne Chapman for the music to this podcast. Bye.